0: Track Smack with Don Hall. SmackCast. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Cake from Race Day San Antonio, and welcome back to another edition of Track Smack here on TrackSmackRadio.com. Today's show is called the Smackcast Edition, and we are featuring last night's NASCAR race at Martinsville Speedway. For the first time ever, we had a night race at Martinsville Speedway last night, and how about Martin Truex Jr. picking up the victory? Yes, that's right. It was Martin Trux Jr. who cruised to a 4.232 second margin of victory. ...over a trio of Team Penske cars featuring Ryan Blaney, Brad Keselowski, and Joey Logano. Now for Martin Truex Jr., who was the 2017 Series champion... His victory tonight was his first victory of the season in the first official NASCAR Cup Series night race since the historic track installed lights in 2017. If you missed the race, you missed a really cool race under the lights there at Martinsville. Now, Penske teammates Ryan Blaney, Brad Keselowski, and Joey Logano once again finished second, third, and fourth, respectively. They combined the lead 273 laps with Logano's 234 laps out front, the most for any driver, on the night now Hendricks motorsports teammates chase Elliott and Alex Bowman finished fifth and sixth Matty D finished seventh with William Byron Kurt Busch and Jimmy Johnson rounding out the top 10 and one more note Tyler Reddick his 16th place finish in the number eight Richard Childress racing Chevrolet made him the highest finishing rookie in the field now on today's SmackCast, we're going to hear from NASCAR drivers Austin Dillon Brad Keselowski Ryan Blaney winning crew chief James Small, and race winner Martin Trix Jr. First up is Austin Dillon. Now, Austin experienced trouble from the very start of the race. He ended up becoming overheated during the late stages of the race and had to drop out of the event. Here's what Austin had to say.
1: Well, that was uh, not fun. Um, Lap, zero. We had a flat right rear, ran over something that was on the track. Um, Said it was a pop rivet. So uh, caution came out and we went two laps down uh, getting the flat off the car. Uh, When we did get the flat, it knocked the crush panel out of the right rear from that point on. uh, It was a heat gun and uh, just felt really hot in the race car. Tried to tough it out as long as I could. We're using ice packs. Um, I got the bright idea to put an ice pack between my legs and it melted and burnt my ass i uh, got a little blister down there on my left butt cheek right next to my tattoo that sucks um got to 90 something to go had an unbelievable race car fast fast race car probably the fastest race car i've ever had in martinsville just couldn't get back in the lead lap um 90 something to go. we come down hit pit road i about drive off the jack i don't know if i was losing my mind at that point but felt bad about that um then come off turn four and i don't know what happened if i got dizzy or what i just pulled in um had to stop but uh, thank all the medical staff that got me back um a couple ivs later feeling good we'll be ready for homestead but thank all my guys at the shop they built a really fast race car bummer we had a flat tire Uh, but when we come back here we're gonna be in tip-top shape we got a really good race car
0: all right, next we're going to hear from third-place finisher Brad Keselowski. He f- started the race in sixth and finished third. Here's what Brad had to say.
2: I think I got this working. Can you guys hear me? You,
0: yep, we can we can see
3: you. We can hear you. We are now joined by the driver the number two, PPG4 for Team Penske, and that is none other than Brad Keselowski. Brad, that was a, uh, it was a, a tough race from start to finish tonight. Please walk through that effort from your perspective
2: yeah a decent finish for us we ended up third uh i felt like we had a pretty good car um you know had a a rough start there with i started in the outside lane and uh i guess the tires with the track not having any rubber when you started in the outside lane just completely blistered and corded uh and so we lost almost two laps the first run thought something was broken didn't know what was going on and finally got new tires put on lap 60 and uh, of course then we were lap down and by the time we were able to get our lap back and, and all that we were at the end of stage two and running uh, you know, tenth or eleventh and unfortunately didn't get any stage points but rallied to uh to get up to the lead there with, you know, about a hundred and fifty to go and just wasn't quite good enough to hold off the nineteen. He was super, super strong and uh, proved uh, you know, why he's so good. He just kept passing cars and just flying. Pretty impressive. Um, but um uh, All in all, I was really proud. You know, it's the first time I've been here with Jeremy Bowens, and this is very much a track that, you know, you get a lot of reps with the crew chief, and you just keep iterating and finding small little things to to get to the front and to to be the best. And to come here our first time together and run third, I I think is a a pretty good mark
3: for us. Good deal. We're going to start off with Jacob Sealman from Speed Sport. Go ahead, Jacob.
4: Thanks, Matt. Uh, Brad, with this being the first night race at Martinsville, I know you guys had the end of the one race a couple years ago that ended under the lights, but, um, you know, really the full effect of it here, did it feel different or play out any differently, you think, compared to a normal day race at Martinsville? Was there anything strategically that was a little different?
2: Uh, No, not a big difference. I think probably the big thing that we noticed – I think it was Jacob, I didn't catch your name, but uh, I think the big thing that we noticed – uh, of course, is not having any practice, um, and you know it, that makes it really different experience to try to dial the cars in. And this tire was, you know, quite a bit different than any tire we've had here before. So those two things together uh, was uh, more of a challenge or more, or something more noteworthy from our perspective.
5: Our next question will come from Bob Pockers. Go ahead with the question, Bob. Yeah, Brad. Um, obviously, NASCAR made the announcement today about banning the Confederate flag, and I'm wondering whether. Did did drivers talk to NASCAR at all about it this week? And do you think NASCAR, once Bubba advocated for it, that did you feel that that pushed NASCAR to do it?
2: Yeah, you know, I wasn't really involved. Um, I can't say I was completely caught off guard, but I didn't know there was, you know, any conversations going on there. Um, so I can't say I was, you know, involved intimately to, to know those things. Bobby, I think you know NASCAR well enough to know that they do a lot of things without uh, – without necessarily asking me uh but uh you know with respect to that uh, I, I don't want to say I was caught out in left field that that's that's not accurate but it wasn't something that I was necessarily expecting to, to hear uh, when I woke up today either
5: and uh, do you, are you in general in favor of, of that decision
2: um you know I, I think I've, I've spoken about it before I, I don't really care for that um you know, for that flag. And, and, you know, I I come from Michigan and I understand it might mean different things to different people where I come from. It it doesn't mean anything good. Um, But then, you know, I, I I think I have some empathy towards those that it does mean something uh, positive to, Um, you know, I I can't put myself in their shoes because I've never been there, but uh, you know, in general, I'm a, I'm a rights guy. And I like when people have rights to do what they want to do, but it's, it's ultimately not my decision. And, I support the fact that it's NASCAR's decision to make.
3: Our next question will come from Christian Audi. Go ahead with the question,
6: Christian. Hey, Brad. Last part of that race, you and your teammates were going uh, pretty close with each other. Uh, what's going through your mind when you guys are all near the top there and kind of racing pretty close? And uh, second question, uh, heading towards Miami next, what are some of the quirks of that race that you like to uh, like to expose there? Uh, you know, I think probably what was going
2: through my head racing my teammates is don't wreck my teammate because I really want to have a job. Uh, and I get fired. Uh so <laughs> you know, that's that's probably the the biggest thing. But, you know, we raced each other hard but didn't wreck each other. So I think that's good. Um and, and you asked about homestead, I'm sorry I didn't catch that last part.
6: Yeah, what's some of your favorite parts about uh, racing down in Miami?
2: Uh favorite parts. Well probably my two thousand twelve championship, uh, you know, because we used to run for the championship there, uh, that's what it'll always be to me. It'll be those memories and uh of deciding titles and uh, championship parties and um, something I'll never forget.
3: Our next question will come from Jordan Bianchi. Go ahead with the question, Jordan.
7: Hi, Brad. I'm wondering if you had heard Bubba's comments over the last few days, um, your reaction to them, and what you thought overall of his activism over the last few weeks.
2: Um, I've heard a few of them. I, I can't say. He's done a lot of media. I, I don't know how he keeps up with I can't keep up with my own media, <laughs> let alone his. Uh, so I can't tell you. I've heard everything he said uh, to, to know exactly uh his position articulately um but you know he's standing up for what he believes in and and i can support that
7: is any are you impressed that uh, i mean the knocking against some drivers that some are willing to stand up and be at the forefront but he has certainly taken the lead of that uh
2: yeah he's got a you know obviously a much different perspective than any of us do um and you know that that gives him you know a an authoritative role with everything that's that's going on or or i don't know if authority is the right way but certainly uh uh credible perspective How about that um and uh, you know that's that's one that i don't have and a, and a lot of most nascar drivers don't have so um you know he's kind of carrying that as as the face of nascar right now um maybe whether he wants to or not i don't know if he wants to or not i have not i don't know but um you know in some ways uh, i feel bad for him because that's a tremendous burden to carry uh but in other ways i, I think he's very fortunate to have an opportunity
3: our next question will come from Dustin Long. Go ahead with your question, Dustin.
8: Yeah, Brad. A couple things. You mentioned uh, just being with the a new crew chief at at, the, at this event, uh, at this track, and some of the challenges, and just kind of learning a little bit more. But I'm curious. The top four finishers tonight were all new driver crew chief combinations this year. And I understand right. Truex, Truex had been with uh, you know James Small as an engineer before. But I'm just curious. You know, hearing that, what what strikes you about that? Based off of what you said earlier about uh, new drivers and and crew chiefs working together at Martinsville. Wow, that's a great
2: stat, Dustin. That's a Bob Barker stat. Yeah, get that one from Bob.
8: Um, I'm insulted now.
2: (laughs) Oh, come on, come on! You guys are friends, right? Yes. Uh, Yeah, that's a great stat. Uh, I I didn't think about that. I I don't know why it worked out the way. I don't know if that's a coincidence or maybe that's trying to tell us something. I mean. Generally, that that doesn't seem like a coincidence, but uh, I would like to think that we would have been better if we had more races together. Um, I think that about the fall race, but uh, what do I know?
8: I also want to ask you, uh, this week, you guys race at Atlanta, Martinsville, Miami, heat, long races, challenging races on the body, uh, Miami, hot, humid, what has this week been like? What what what's going? What's it going to be like for you guys uh, after Miami? And, and what's it been like this week? Yeah, I mean it.
2: You know, I'm hesitant to, to say that it's tough racing uh, because you know I drive car in circles for a living, Dustin. I don't think a lot of people want to hear me kind of uh, whine and complain. Uh, but that said, it's, it's it's a tough week. It's a tough. It's probably the toughest I have ever been a part of. Uh, Atlanta was a grueling race, very humid, 500 miles. I don't know why it had to be 500 miles, but it was uh, at a track where the cars, you know, are a handful. And normally when we run Atlanta, it's in March um, or or, or late February-ish. And so, you know, obviously running it in early June, late May, it's much different weather conditions and much, much harder. Same thing here in Martinsville. Um, I'm a little bit surprised that today was a 500-lap race because you know, with it being a Wednesday night race that, that's pretty long into the, to the night for some of our fans. But um, it also is part of the challenge of being a race car driver is running 500 laps, 500 miles. Uh, it gives an endurance factor to it. And, you know, I think we see time over time that uh, with that endurance factor, uh, you know, the storyline and the plot changes. So I, I, almost, I hate the shortened races because I think it's part of the storyline and plot of the Cup Series um that you have to be good for so long and it wears you down physically mentally along with the car um i i, I really appreciate that but i don't know if there's ever been a more grueling stretch uh, in, in cup racing and i was talking to my dad about this uh you know because my dad was around in cup in the, in the 60s and 70s as a kid that you know went to a bunch of races with his dad who, who had a team and uh, he and I were talking about it at dinner just a, a week or two ago. And, and, uh, you know, he asked me, you know, are you going to be all right for this stretch of races? And I told him, well, I'm just going to have to suck it up. You know, what are you going to do? You have to find a way and, and persevere through it. And, uh, he was telling me stories about, you know, uh, in the sixties and seventies when they had, you know, when they ran more races, uh, they had the, the, the longer schedule. Um, you know, they'd run a 400 or 500 mile race, you know, one or two a week, but, you know, the drivers would get out at halfway, you know, it wasn't uncommon to where, um, you know, uh, your big name drivers would run the first 200 or 300 laps and get out and either somebody else would finish the race or they'd get back in and, uh, finish the race, uh, at the end. And I thought that was so interesting because, um, you know, I think that just goes to show you, uh, you know, how much the racing has changed and evolved. And even though you can maybe compare this, Specific period of time in NASCAR to uh, the olden days when they raced more during the week. Uh, I think that kind of changes it because we don't have driver changes mid race. So um, I, I think that that creates, you know, like I said, uh, you know, this is kind of making history for the most grueling few weeks on a, on a driver uh, that I think the Cup level has ever seen. So um, you know, with respect to that, Dustin, it's the same for everybody. Um, and we all got to toughen it up, and I think it's a great test of, of uh, will. It's a great test of the drivers. I think it's part of uh, what makes these few weeks so compelling, not just as a participant in the sport, but as a fan myself.
3: Our final question for Brad will come from Zach Sterniolo. Go ahead with your question, Zach. Brad,
8: uh, you, Ryan, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex, all seem to struggle um, a lot at the beginning of this race. Would practice have helped you guys um, kind of knock out whatever issues you guys faced that first stage? I mean, yeah, I would
2: like to think so.
8: Um,
2: You know, I'd like to think that if we ran, you know, fifty lap practice or ten lap practice, that we'd have learned a few things. But um, I I can't say I know for sure. I know not having rubber on the track was a huge difference um after you know and i started at the top and i think that really changed a lot of people's days and not everybody even recovered um you know i I think somewhere around the top 16 or 17 cars want to lap down in the first run of the race uh that's amazing how often do you see that um so just a a really interesting race
3: well bragg congratulations on your run and we will see you at homestead miami speedway safe travels to you Thank you,
2: guys. See you in uh, what, four days.
3: That's right. Enjoy. Take care.
0: All right. That was Brad Keselowski. Next up is second place finisher, Ryan Blaney. Here's what Ryan had to say. Okay.
3: We are now joined by tonight's runner-up, Ryan Blaney, driver of the number 12 Menards Carnell Cabernet, uh Ford for Team uh, Penske. Ryan, uh, walk us through that. It was a very uh, interesting race uh, from start to finish. Walk us through your, your race from your perspective.
9: Yeah, it was a very, uh, very interesting race. Um, we started off really bad. Uh, I mean, we went from leading, or we went from starting on the pole to being a lap down in 60 laps. That's uh, that's tough to do, and we found a way to do that. And, um, uh, you know, so we already dug ourselves a hole early and um, pitted, and I, actually, after the first, first pit stop, we got our car a lot better, um, a lot better. I think just the green racetrack didn't really go well with what we had or or something, or we really wore our tires out. I had her on the top a lot. I was getting passed. So I don't think that helped. Um, but after that I felt more competitive. Um, we got the lucky dog there, um, right before the, uh, first stage end. And, uh, after that, we drove all the way up to second and that second stage on that long run, we had a great long run car. Um, and so that was, that was great. And, uh, you know, being able to get the lead there on the start of the third stage, Uh, and just kind of biding our time and just taking care of our stuff and um caution came out and then we got a penalty on pit road um and that set us all the way back again uh with not a lot of laps to go i mean we had 170 to go and the last restart we restarted ninth and um the 19 just got away from me and and i couldn't couldn't run him down by the time i got second he was gone and my stuff was a little worn out having to pass a lot of cars and um but overall really proud of the effort from the 12 group, I mean, from where we started to where we ended, uh, I can't be, you know, I can always be happier with it, you know, winning the race, but um, we made huge gains today. And that just shows, you know, Atlanta was the same way. We didn't start off great, but we got a lot better um, very quickly. And uh, that just shows what this team can do. So I'm really proud to talk Gordon and everybody on this group. We're going to start with Bob Pockers from Fox Sports. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah,
5: Ryan, I wanted to ask you about Bubba because he's been uh, obviously talked about, um, you know, encouraging nascar to ban the confederate flag he's been very vocal on issues and i'm curious if you have seen this activist activism in him for years or do you feel like there has been a change in him in the last few months
9: you know i think that you know start off saying i'm really proud of what he's doing um the effort he's putting in and wanting to you know kind of lead the charge um you know, and I stand behind him. A lot of guys stand behind him on in the NASCAR, not only the drivers but a lot of teams as well, crew members. Um, I'm very proud of him for that. His the car he ran tonight was, was great. I, I love that they were able to do that and they came up with that idea. Um so you know, as far as being an activist goes, um I mean not not as much as he is now. I mean he's always he always has been. I mean, you know, he and I it's it's nothing we've all we've been really best best friends for a long time and um you know, the way he and I have always thought growing up is just everyone's equal. You know, we always treat everyone equal and no matter where you come from, what, what color you are, um, you treat people with respect and, uh, you know, you don't judge people, but, um, I feel like he's taken a, a larger, uh, stand against, uh, you know, just, just encouraging the cause, um, right now and, um, and just wanting equality and, and, uh, understanding. So, um, I feel like he always has been one a little bit, uh, but but now, I mean, in these times I think it's great that he's embracing it and, and leading the charge. Um, I'm, I'm really proud and we'll, we'll stand behind him a hundred percent.
5: And you talked about going to some protests or to a protest in the last couple of weeks. Do you think if you go now and people recognize you as a NASCAR driver, that it means something that NASCAR has banned the Confederate flag? Uh, man, I
9: don't, you know, yeah, I went to one um, was, it was last week and uh I I was out in Charlotte and, and one was happening and I just I kinda of joined in and, and talked to some people and um, you know, you can't really tell who anyone is. They got masks on and things like that and uh stuff like that. But um you know, I, I'm not a person who if I go, you know, to a peaceful protest, I'm not gonna like boast it out that I'm there. You know, you're there for to learn and you're there to understand and talk to people. Uh you're not there to to say, look, I'm here, you know, I, I just want to, I want to go and learn and, and talk to people and then support them as well. So, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's great. I think, you know, a lot of people should check the peaceful protests out. You can learn a lot from people um, just talking and hearing their stories, but um, it's kind of where I stand on that.
3: Our next question will come from Mark Garrow. Go ahead with your question, Mark.
9: Uh, congratulations on a great
10: run tonight, uh, Ryan. Is this a case where um, a winning car finished second?
9: <laughs> uh I'd like to think so I don't know i I haven't really thought of that um to be honest with you, you know, it's just the race happened um you know it's it's just the way it goes, you know, we had that penalty and towards the end of the race, but um, I thought the nineteen and I were pretty even uh I would have loved to line up beside him, you know when the restart was seventy to go or whatever it was and and see what we could have done, but um, we'll never know. I thought we had a really good car, but uh, I was never close enough to him to really see uh on kind of equally worn tires to kind of see what we had for
10: How close do you feel you are to the first win? You talked about the improvements, your car, you guys made in at Atlanta to come on strong there. You came on strong again at Martinsville. How close do you feel to a first win this season?
9: Very close. I mean, I thought it was going to be tonight. You know, you just, uh, but you keep, you know, you keep bringing speed like this every weekend. Um, you know, eventually you're going to find a little bit more and, and be able to, to win the race. So uh, we just got to keep doing what we've been doing. So I think it's going to come really soon. We just got to keep working hard. Our next, our next question will come from Dustin Long. Go ahead with your question, Dustin.
8: Thank you, uh, Ryan. A couple questions. Was, uh, this week is you had Atlanta, tonight, Martinsville, Sunday, uh, Miami. That seems like that's a, a lot of warm weather, a lot of challenges on drivers. Can you just kind of describe what this week has been like and, and, and what the potential toll is on a driver's body
9: uh, with some of these
8: hotter races?
9: Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough. I mean, you get out and you're worn out, things like that. Um, you know, Atlanta was hot and you're working really hard at Atlanta and it's a long race, 500 miles, a long time. And, uh, here is obviously you're working hard. It wasn't cold here. Um, and then obviously, honestly Miami would probably be the hottest one we go to and most humid. Um, but you know, me personally, yeah, I'll get a little bit tired after the race, but it's never been a big issue for me. Um, you just hydrate like you normally do and and eat well and try to, you know, maintain a a good physical condition. Um, so, I mean, I'd race every night if I could just, uh, that, that part's never gotten me getting tired or anything like that. But I think it's great that we have, you know, you're essentially having three races in a week, which is great for fans to watch. And it's a lot of work on the teams, but, um, as far as personally, physically, I'm all good.
8: I also just wanted to ask you, um, because of your friendship with Baba, you certainly have a more of an inside view of things, and I'm curious of like what the last week or so has been like on him and the impact. I know he referenced in a in a short video before the race, he just hasn't gotten much sleep. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of uh, things on his mind, a lot of demands, a lot of things going on. Uh, can you give me a sense of from your perspective what you've seen and what 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 he what the last week or so or last few days even have been like for him?
9: Yeah, I mean I uh uh I saw him um did I see him I saw him before Atlanta. Uh went over to his house, I think on uh, last Saturday or something like that. Sometime last week and we just hung out. Um ate some food, drank some beer and um you know, just had a good time and, and yeah, we talked about some of the issues. Um and myself, him and, and our good friend Dylan Smith uh was over there and we, we talked about some stuff and, and things like that and just Kind of hearing what we are talking about, what we think, and uh, it was you know great for me to kind of see what what they feel like in certain situations. You know, because I've never been in in their shoes. You know, I'm I'm never been. You know, I'm I'm not an African American male. You know, I, I've never I can't relate to that. So the best I can do is just learn about it and and help out and understand. So, um, but like I said before, I think it's great the initiative the initiative he's showing. And, and wanting to be a part of you know change the right change you know um, and and I feel like he's he's on his way man he's he's doing a really good job he's been he did great on I think he was on CNN um, the other night and he did a great job on that and um, you know like I said I've just known him for a long time and he's just bubbly to me you know I, I don't I think of him as a brother and um, and just you know it's, it's good to talk to him but yeah I mean I think he's definitely not getting sleep because he's so busy you know, but it's, it's all, it's good things. It's a good cause that he's striving towards. Our final question for
3: Ryan will come from Jeff
9: Gluck. Go ahead with the question, Jeff.
3: So you mentioned the green track.
2: Um, Obviously you guys weren't the only ones who were off at the start. I mean, a bunch of guys were going backwards
5: and some of them never recovered. Um, So was it, was it the, the track, the, the tire, um, you know, the, the lack of practice, what was the primary reason
2: that so many, you know, even big names and top teams seem to struggle tonight?
9: Uh, all the above, I think. Um, you know, with with a new tire and don't practice green racetrack. Um, some teams hit it, some teams didn't. You know, and uh, some teams actually never recovered from it. Some great teams never recovered from it. Um, we were lucky that we did. Um, you know, look at some of the like the eighteen and the eleven. They they didn't recover. Um, so, I think it was just everything up in the air. You know, if we would have had practice, even an hour practice, you'd realize what your car is going to do, especially on a green track. So I think all those things that you mentioned uh, were a factor in it, but we were on the a lucky side of we, we got to where we were a lot more competitive than where we started. And it's just from a lack of just no knowledge, no knowledge about the tire or the, the racetrack or the conditions, what
0: they're going to be. Well, Ryan, thanks for joining us this evening. And
3: we'll see you at Homestead Miami Speedway this
0: weekend.
9: Thank you guys. Have okay.
0: Next up, we're going to hear from winning crew chief, James Small. Here's what James had to say
3: and we are now joined by the race winning crew chief james small of the number 19 series xm toyota for joe gibbs racing congratulations
7: on the triumph walk us through that win from your perspective yeah thank you very much um yeah it was it was an up and down night you know uh first run of the race there um we started off pretty good and then a light switch just flicked and uh i think that was the point we had no rubber left in the tires uh and we just kind of get, you know, floating backwards. We we came in that comp caution at uh, lap 60 and 10th and, um, you know, made some adjustments. But it was more just with the green track and everything. The tyres the were just shot. There was no wear pins left or anything. So, um, and then, you know, we were actually pretty competitive. Uh, finished that first stage in fourth. And then uh, we came in there after that short run to the end. And, uh, you know, I made a blunder. I admit it. I, I called Martin too late and uh, he crossed the commitment. Line and and that's where you know our, our race took a little bit of a turn um we uh ended up you know we, we sustained a little bit of damage in that short run there and um you know we were able to make some repairs once we went all the way to the back but that next run we were we were absolutely terrible you know we almost went down a lap um car wasn't great you know we made a small change and it was clearly in the wrong direction and um then, you know, undid that, made a few more other changes. The guys on pit road did an unbelievable job tonight. You know, we've made some changes there lately, and they've been working really hard, and they had a solid night. And, you know, we had a few good stops there, some inside lane restarts, and, you know, we just, you know, the pace we had in that last stage was uh really good, and we were able to get back up to the front. So, couldn't be happier for everybody. That was an amazing effort.
3: Good deal. We're going to open the floor for questions. We're going to start with Lee Spencer. Go ahead with your question, Lee.
11: Um, Thank you. James, what... <sighs> What does this finally mean to break through? I mean, you, you saw quite a bit of wins under Cole Pern, but, I mean, to do this all on your own, I mean, obviously you have your team, but what does it mean to finally get that first win?
7: Yeah, it's, it's an amazing feeling. Um, to be perfectly honest, it's a big relief. So, um, you know, it, it, we've had a, you know, a challenging year. We've had fast cars every week, and, and just things haven't been going our way. And, and finally tonight, everything clicked, nothing went wrong. Well, nearly nothing went wrong and uh you know that's the biggest thing it's a relief so um you know i'm happy super happy for everybody thankful for everyone back at jgr and now we can just go and race you know race hard and you know we have less pressure on ourselves now we're in the chase we're in a really good points position We can just focus on uh getting bonus points and our next question will come from jonathan fell go ahead with your question jonathan
9: yeah jonathan fell with Um just kind of,
3: what was it like
10: transitioning just from sort of the car chief role to the crew chief role and taking those notes to kind of build a setup with this low down downforce package?
7: Yeah, this is, you know, it's been difficult this year because we're, we're going back to these tracks, you know, it's it's a little different to 2018 still, but, you know, especially since the break, they're throwing in, uh, you know, new tires, new aero package, and we're doing it on, on tracks that aren't rubbered in. So. You kind of have to, you know, go off your notes. Go what you, you know, a little bit off what you did last year, even though it was so different. But you know, we made some good changes last year here for the second race to it. You know, just that overall Martinsville package, and you know, a lot of those same things kind of applied. But you know, still a lot different with the arrow and and just the tires. So we, we were kind of tuning on it all night. Um, you know, we've learnt now for later in the year. Um, maybe we'll have some practice beforehand, <laughs> so don't be out know, to lunch, but. You know, it's difficult, but, you know, we we love the challenge and it's uh, paid off for us. Our next question will come from Davey Siegel. Go ahead, do the question, Davey.
9: Hey, James, congrats on the victory. It's about 2 p.m. in Australia right now. Um, Any friends or family that you think were watching
7: and what do you think their reaction was? Uh, No, I I know everybody's watching down there these days. So, um, they're lucky enough since, you know, the break – from COVID, it's now actually back on Fox Sports in Australia because there's no, no other sport really on. So, um, so you know, they watch it on the NASCAR app all the time and on Fox Sports and they're all listening on the radio stuff. So I, I think I have about 250 messages on my phone from people all around the world right now. And a lot of them are from down there. So, you know, they're big supporters of mine. Um, I'm very lucky to have them and, you know, they help me to get where I am today. So, yeah.
9: Second question is kind of a two-parter. You mentioned that I mean, you admitted it's been a challenging year, and it's a big relief. Did you have any self doubts at any point? And also, what has Martin Truex's confidence in you meant to you throughout this time?
7: Um, I have. It's a good question. He's been very, you know, very supportive of me. After Bristol, you know, I thought to myself, you know, it, that that was a tough weekend for us. You know, we got back to fifth, and then we got taken out. But you know. That was probably one of our worst weekends of the year in terms of just trying to hit the setup. You know, we had issues at Charlotte too and uh which we know what they were. And, you know, we fought back there as well. But you know, everybody on the team is, you know, stuck behind me, including Martin and uh, you know, they've been big supporters and they have faith that, you know, if we just keep doing what we're doing, we're gonna bring, you know, fast cars to the track every week. So um, you know, I'm really thankful for you know, everybody just being a huge supporter, including all, you know, all the main people at JGR, they've all been in my corner. And, um, you know, I'm lucky to be surrounded by such great people. Our next
3: question is going to come from
7: Bob Pachris. Go ahead with the question, Bob.
5: Yeah, James, at the start of the year, did you kind of have – did you have a goal of like, man, I really need to get a win by a certain point?
7: I honestly didn't. I just wanted to – I was going around saying if we don't get seven race wins, it's going to be a failure. But <laughs> we uh, – are. You know, as a company, we haven't had such an advantage as what we had last year. Um, you know, we've been in position to win a lot of races and, you know, had some small issues go on. But um, to be honest, I never set a date. But, you know, as the races were counting down, I'm looking at them tick over like 9, 10, 11. So I was hoping at least we could get one by 14. So, uh, you know, that's happened. So we can press on now.
3: Our next question is going to come from Luis Torres. Go ahead the question, Luis.
8: Congrats on the first win, by the way. Thank you so the question is now going into homestead, of course, now that you got that win on, on in your system, excuse me on that <laughs> so what do you what are the expectations to go down there, especially with such an incredible turnaround, and possibly weather being a concern down there
7: um no I, I I'm super excited, you know I think this will be one of our best tracks um. Even more so, you know, with the race moving to a purely a daytime race, you know, middle of summer, the sunsets a lot later than when we race there in November. Obviously, it's going to be a completely different, you know, feel than normal because, you know, typically you have the four championship guys that bring, you know, beasts of cars down there that have spent, you know, time developing and, you know, putting all the effort into it, which... You know, so you kind of got that divide of those four guys, and you're not going to see that this year. I don't think it's going to be a lot harder race. There's going to be a lot more guys in contention. No one's going to be laying over. So, but I still think you know we were strong at Atlanta. You know, it's low grip, and um, you know, same at Fontana. Um, you know, so it kind of suits our cars. It suits Martin. Um, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I think you know we can go there and run really well. I think.
3: Our our final question is going to come from Jacob Seelman. Go ahead with the question, Jacob.
4: Congratulations, first off. Um, kind of two parts here, one and a follow-up. First, Martin mentioned uh, when he was here uh, a few minutes ago uh, that the transition, he felt like, was made a lot easier because you had worked underneath Cole as the car chief. Uh, what kind of lessons have you been able to apply from things that you learned uh, working with Cole and working with Martin over the past couple of years? And, you know, do, do you feel like that past experience made it easier on you stepping up to the
7: crew chief role? Oh, yeah, no doubt, um, 100%. So I think Cole and I have uh, really similar personalities, um, you know, pretty laid back. I'm probably a little more fiery than him. But, um, you know, know how Martin operates. He's not one of those guys that, you know, wants to see data and endless amounts of information like he's low-key like I think we spoke on Monday and then I spoke to him before he got in the car so you know we, we we text back and forth every now and then but you know that's how Martin rolls that's how he always done you know I know other drivers and crew chiefs you know have a lot more meetings and you know a lot more information between each other and it's not something that you know we do we just concentrate on doing all you know, all the fundamentals and everybody on our team doing all their individual parts as best as they can. And when it all clicks, you know, it comes together and you see results like tonight. So, you know, that that's hugely beneficial being able to see how Cole and, and him work there over the past few years. So, yeah, no doubt.
4: And my, my follow-up kind of second question, uh, you know, those that know your background uh, know you spent time in australia working on the supercar side a little bit as well and i'm just curious i know there's a lot of things that are different there compared to nascar in the states but there is there anything from working in in that realm of motorsport that you were able to take when you came over here that has helped you in you know either car chief or crew chief
7: um yeah definitely you know um you know there's things out there that you know we do better um there's a lot of things here that get that get done better but um you know just understanding, uh, you know, tyres and and the track conditions and how that changes with temperature and stuff like that. I think you know, we did a lot more stuff like that in Australia, and um, you know, that's helpful. But at the end of the day, it's like I say this to everybody it's still a mass with four tyres, and you're trying to go around the corner as fast as you can. So, the same principles apply everywhere, whether you're just turning left or you're turning both ways. So, that, that's the main thing, but um. You know, there's a lot of incredibly talented people over in the US. And, you know, I've learned a lot since I've come here and been lucky to work with some great people. So, you know, I even think if one I know I'm not gonna, but if I ever decided to go back there, I'd be a whole a lot better, you know, engineer and crew chief than you know I ever was. So I've been grateful of all my time here. So
3: Good deal. Well, James, congratulations on the victory and we will see you in a few days down at
7: Homestead, Miami
3: Speedway. Safe travels to you. Cheers. Thank you. Okay.
0: Next up, we're going to hear from race winner Martin Truex Jr. Here's what Martin had to say. We have you, and we are now right. joined by tonight's race winner, the winner of the second consecutive grandfather
3: clock. That's Martin Truex Jr., driver of the number 19 Sirius XM Toyota oh, Racing. I well, how uh, I mean, you know, going into last season, short tracks weren't your thing, but now you are a short track guy. <laughs> threw, 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 walk us through this short track win tonight.
12: Well, I mean, uh, you know, I grew up on short tracks and, uh, that's what got me to where I'm at and, you know, once one won a lot of all, pretty much won all short tracks in the Bush series and then went to the Cup series and couldn't do anything on them. So, uh, it's just been a learning process, you know, to figure them out. These tracks are really tough. And, uh, you know, I think for our team, um, you know, the last five years or so really just continuing to, uh, to work on the little things that it takes to get around these places and, um, you know, continuing to, uh, work on those things. So. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been really good for us and, uh, you yeah, know, really excited, obviously, to, to get our first win in the season.
3: Good deal. We're going to open the floor for questions. We're going to start with Jacob Seelman. Go ahead
4: with the question, Jacob. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. You, you referenced uh, really quickly James in Victory Lane, and I know this being his first win, that was important. Uh, a lot's been made, I think, of, of the fact that he really studied and, and was a student of Cole's when Cole was on top of the pit box with you. How much is his style similar to or different than what you had with Cole? And do you feel like uh, you know some of those teachings maybe that he picked up while Cole was there helped make that transition easier for you guys?
12: Yeah. You know, I think it's, um, honestly, he's really similar to Cole. I think that, you know, they've been together for so long. Um, they go back a long time ago to, uh, you know, working together at race teams years ago before either one of them were crew chiefs, they were engineers. So they've been uh, close for a long time and have similar styles and, uh, personalities as well. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, <clears throat> for me, my relationship with James and the way we interact has been real similar to how I had, had uh, relationship with Cole, and that's because we've all worked together before, and that's really made uh, the transition easy for me, and it's made me um, easily have confidence in his abilities and what he can do, and, uh, you know, definitely nice to get his first win because, you know, everybody's been asking when it's going to happen, and, um, you know, Cole leaving his big shoes to fill, there's no question, but, um, you know, he's been doing a, doing a really, really good job. He's been really making smart decisions. He's prepared. He's a great leader. Our guys really look up to him, and, you um, know, you know, I, I feel like he hasn't missed missed anything. I feel like he's done an awesome job. So, one little hiccup tonight on uh, on the pitting situation, but other than that, it's um, it's been pretty smooth sailing. So proud of him to get that first one out of the way, and um, you know, just to have that confidence of you know he knows he can do it now, and and now we just uh, hopefully can just keep that momentum going.
4: And in regards to this race tonight, you've won in the daytime at Martinsville. Now you've won the first night race. Strategically or from a field standpoint, did the night <clears> race tonight? play out differently than you feel like a regular day race would? Were there any major differences that you felt? Um,
12: Not really. You know, I I think the biggest difference was the tire that they brought here. It was, um, you know, definitely uh, wore out a lot more and the pace uh, throughout each run. The tire wear and the pace fall off was a lot more than what it was in the fall here. So I think that was the biggest factor. Um, You know, I didn't really notice the track um, changing just a whole lot throughout the race. I I thought it changed more just as it took rubber early on and then, um, kind of settled in like it normally does. So, um, you know, temperatures were pretty hot here this evening and, um, you know, usually when we race here, it's pretty cool. So that might made a, made a difference as well. I'm sure.
3: Our next question will come from Zach Sterniello. Go ahead. Zach. (laughs) Martin, uh, correct me if I'm misremembering here, but first stage did look like you guys were off a little bit.
8: I know a lot of guys who ended up at the front of this field with the 12 and the two. Um, I know we, finished they, fourth.
12: we finished fourth in the first stage. Gotcha, okay.
8: Um, do you feel like practice would have made a difference here tonight with, the, with uh, I guess, figuring out how the tire would wear?
12: Um, yeah, I mean, I, yes and no. I mean, I think that um, – with green racetrack you're going to wear the tires out the first run no matter what we uh, we wore the right front out pretty bad the first run so you know maybe we wouldn't have done that but um you know as the race went on we made some adjustments to track rubbered in that wasn't an issue anymore so i don't know i mean i think if the track was green from rain either way it would have been that way um you know but certainly having practiced it would have been rubber on the track so that probably would have would have solved that issue for us
3: our next question will come from lee spencer go ahead with the question lee
11: just, just kind of curious. What do you think it is about the short track thing? And also, um, with the confidence that you gained getting your first win here at Martinsville, sorry, I got to take the mask off. Um, how <laughs> when, you, when, when you come back um, in the fall, how much confidence is it going to give you once you guys come back to the racetrack that close to the the playoffs?
12: I have a lot of confidence. Are, you know, I think. Um, you know, the last few trips here, we've had a lot of confidence. I think since, um, you know, really the last couple of years, we've just, uh, you know, continued to refine our setup and what we've been doing. And, you know, I kind of found the rhythm that I need here. And, and um, you know, my guys have been been giving me a, a car that drives the way I need it to, to be fast. So, you know, the short tracks, I think for us, um, is just something that we've been working on consistently throughout the years. And, you know a lot of these places it's um you can take kind of the same same approach the same uh, thought process into your setup and taking it to these tracks and uh we've just you know because our group has really been uh together for a while uh, for the most part we've uh just been able to continue to work on the on the same things and that's really been the key so um you know it started with cole and and we um you know I, we just worked on what I needed to be fast, not what everybody else was doing. And we've continued that with James now and hopefully uh, continues to work for us.
11: And were you shocked not to see Denny or Kyle all <clears throat> night long?
12: Uh, I've seen them both at times. I've seen everybody at times. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I was surprised that they all struggled as much as they did. I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know how much, how different their, their setups were. Obviously they were pretty different, but we, uh, we really worked off what we've been doing here uh, leading up to this race and, um, you know, work for us tonight.
3: Our next question is going to come from Mark Garrow. Go ahead with the question, Mark. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Congratulations. So Martin on another Thank win.
10: You. Um, your thoughts on now winning six straight seasons, you know, a guy that used to struggle <laughs> to win now six, six straight years you won.
12: Yeah, it's, uh, it's been cool. You know, I mean, uh, obviously been been fortunate to be around great people and, um, you know, it, it, it all started really at Furniture Row with uh with Cole and uh, and Barney and and uh, what Jazzy and what we were able to put together there, and we just uh, you know continue to build on that. So, um, you know, definitely feel fortunate to be with great teams and great people, and uh, be able to show, you know, what I can do behind the wheel, and um, it's been it's been awesome. So, you know, just uh, sometimes you pinch yourself when you win these things because you realize just how hard they are. And, um. I wish I could enjoy this one a little bit more tonight with my team. Um, you know, it's kind of weird to, uh, you know, get out of the car, no fans, um, drive it to victory lane, a makeshift victory lane, take one picture by yourself with the car, and then you got to leave. So um, definitely, you know, missing uh, having a few cold beverages with my boys tonight, but uh, really just proud of them. And, um, yeah, just feel blessed to be around a great group again.
10: I don't know if you're aware of or not, but you broke a tie uh for I think twenty-seventh on the all-time win list, something like that with Dale Jr., Fred Lorenz. And you're <laughs> you're starting to get into some some pretty rare territory as far as the all-time win list. What do you think about that?
12: That's uh that's amazing. You know, I mean, uh so proud of that. I mean, you know, Dale actually uh I think the last race I won, he he texted me and said, Hey, we're tied for wins now. <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, that's just – that's really, really cool. I mean, uh, you know, to be able to, to score more wins than him is is amazing and uh, surprising. But, um, you know, he's the reason I got in, into big-time NASCAR racing. He's the one that hired me to move south and, uh, you know, still a great friend. I owe him a ton. And um, I'll definitely have to mention that to him later on. But uh, really, really cool to be able to win a lot of these races. It's uh, special for sure.
3: Thank you. Our next Thank question you. is going to come from Christian Audi. Go ahead with your question, Christian.
6: Martin, first and foremost, congratulations, bud. Um, going Thanks. from a track like this in Martinsville to Miami and such a quick turnaround, you guys I mean, – there's nothing new for you guys for this year. Well, what's it like specifically going from this one to Miami, where it's even going to be hot? Um,
12: yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely going to be a hot one for sure. But, uh, you know, I think you just – you kind of forget about Martinsville and you look back at Atlanta, mostly I would say, just because of those tracks are pretty similar. I think we'll, um, you know, we'll use, uh, you know, similar approach to, to, uh, Miami that we did there. And, and we had a strong race at Atlanta. I felt like we had a shot at win until we got too tight at the end. So I'm, I'm excited and optimistic about what we can do, excuse me, at Miami. And, um, you know, we were good there in the fall as well. We, we've been good there the last couple of seasons. So, um, you know, for me, it's, uh, it's just, you change gears and you think about what you need to do there to, uh, to drive the car fast and what, what it takes and, uh, I think the biggest thing is for the team. You know, it's a lot of preparation and a short turnaround. And, uh, you know, all the guys back at the shop are doing an amazing job of, uh, you know, just busting their tails in, in tough situation with uh, with the way they, you know, can't really work around each other and things like that with this social distancing thing. Um, they're doing a great job. You know, nothing's falling off the cars, uh, which is something to be said about that. So uh, really proud of them and, um, you know, happy to get them their first win of the year.
6: Uh, the next highest ranking Toyota from tonight didn't come in until 19th. And that was Kyle. Uh, you guys going to be having a little chat about that. And uh, <laughs> is there any bragging rights there between the manufacturers there?
12: Um, you know, I, 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 don't know. We'll, uh, we'll have our team meeting tomorrow. And, and I'm sure they'll all, uh, they'll all be, you know, trying to figure out what we had in our car and, um, you know, they'll be wanting to know you know, why theirs was so different, I guess, you know, we, uh we worked really closely off of what we did here last year, just because it's, uh, you know, it's kind of been a process for us to uh, to get to this point at this particular track. So I'm sure they will all be looking at it for the fall race here.
3: Our next question is going to come from Jim Utter. Go ahead with your question, Jim. Congratulations, well, Martin. Uh,
10: Thank you, Jim. If, um, Personally, if you thought, if you felt you needed to get a win to kind of erase any doubts you may have had on, on the changes to your team this season, or were you fairly confident that eventually, you know, you guys were going to come together and, and, and make it and pick up kind of where you left
12: off. No, I mean, I've I've had a lot of confidence really all year long, Jim. I think if you look at, um, and I mentioned this, I think a few weeks ago, if you look back at, at the season we've had, we've been really strong. I feel like we've been the strongest Toyota week in and week out. And, um, you know, if you look at stage points, it shows that we just, we've had a lot of issues. I think the first four races, we got tore up in all of them by somebody doing something dumb and crashing us and then um you know aside from bristol where we got crashed again we've been right there up front so um felt like we we've had a few chances at winning slip away um here lately but i feel like you know everybody's doing a great job I, i've had confidence in james all year that we could continue what we've done and you know i think this uh this answer is a great question for him more than anything to himself and you know i know he's he's had a lot of people saying things about uh, you know can he feel cold shoes and is he going to be able to you know, is our team going to be able to continue um, what we've been able to do in the past with him? And, and I feel 100% confident that we will. And I think he's doing a great job, and I'm really proud of him.
3: Our final question for Martin will come from Jason Brown. Go ahead with your question, Jason.
7: Matt, thank you. Martin, congratulations on the victory. You touched you. on the short week that you guys have. Um, obviously, you go into every race trying to win it, uh, there's always pressure. But I am curious now that there's a monkey off your new crew chief's back. Monkey off this team's back about getting into victory lane. How can this help going into uh, Miami on a short week? Does I hate saying does it take the pressure off, but I don't know any other way to say it.
12: <laughs> yeah, I mean I think certainly a little bit it does. You know, it's um, you know it, it definitely you know relaxes you a bit. You know, I think going into last last week we we're like all right, we've got we got to start getting some stage uh, some bonus points. You know, uh, that's always important come playoff time. So we checked that off the list, and now to get our first win, locked in the playoffs. You know, get more bonus points. That's um, that's a step in the right direction. So I think for us, you know, we're always pushing hard. We're always pushing to win and to get as many bonus points and wins as we can get. But you know, certainly it's easier to go uh, to the racetrack once you're um, you know you're locked in and you have that win. You have that confidence. You have that momentum. And uh, hopefully we can uh, we can thrive from this and move forward and start winning more often.
0: Take care, Martin. We'll see you in Homestead.
12: Thank you all. Appreciate it. Take care.
0: And there you go. That was Martin Trex Jr., winner of last night's. Race at Martinsville Speedway. The next NASCAR Cup Series race will be the Dixie Vodka 400. That race will be held on Sunday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox. You can also hear it on MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. That race will be held at Homestead Miami Speedway. And that does it for today's SmackCast here on TrackSmackRadio.com. Be sure and check back later in the week. Don and I will be back for another edition of TrackSmack here on TrackSmackRadio.com. Hope everybody has a great week. Thank you for tuning in to TrackSmack SmackCast. Check out more at TrackSmackRadio.com.